Okay, we got the PPI inflation numbers. The market didn't really like them very much, but as I said, I don't think the PPI numbers are the ones that we should be looking at. We're going to be looking at the CPI numbers, which are the ones that are going to happen next week. And I'm going to show you why I think that those are going to get the rocket into the air and probably going to get the markets up big time next week. Uh, also today, it's a Friday. We're going to banter. I've got three of the smartest minds in crypto joining us. We're going to talk about our top 20 or top five altcoin picks for 2023. I've got theirs. I've got Arthur Hayes' top uh, 20 altcoin picks. So I've got that. And I've got some really, really, really juicy news for you about none other than Sam Bankman-Fried again. I know we said we're not going to talk about it, but we have to talk about it. So let's do this. Doesn't that feel like so Christmassy? It like makes you feel like you makes you feel like you're in December, but that's not what the show's about. That's Fuck out of bed, bitch, go. Get up, get up, and then they got go. Gotta wake up, gotta wake up, bitch, get up. Get up, get up, get up. <laughs> I told you, the guests actually, when I played the song, the guests sit there going like this, and you, you guys can't see it, but I saw it. We had, we had you on the screen there while you were dancing to the music. That, that's what happened there today. <laughs> I love it, I love it, I love it. Listen, guys, welcome back. It's Friday, we're going to banter. Uh, if you're new to the channel, subscribe to our channel. I told you, we're going to bring you the highest alpha per minute shows on the internet, and so far, we've been delivering. Um, all you need to do is join the fam and give us a Christmas gift. We want 600,000 subscribers before Christmas. We are on 593,700, which means that there's not many days left for you guys to help us um, get out to our target. I also remember because it is Christmas, I've got a new Christmas hat. We're going to be doing some giveaways today um, of what's in the box. That's going to happen. Also, before no notifications again. You know why? Okay. You know why there were no notifications? I'll tell you why there were no notifications. Because YouTube has this thing that it only does three notifications per channel per day. And we were on a good wicket and we had um, notifications going on all my shows. But then Sheldon and I decided to play table tennis and stream it on, on, uh, on YouTube. Guess what? Guess who won? Actually, I'm not going to tell you one. Go, go and watch the go and watch the show. Um, James, who won? Allegedly. Allegedly. Oh, someone said they did get a notification. All right, let's go. Let's 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 start. Just remember that this these Friday banters are brought to you, then none uh, by none other than our best sponsor in the world, uh, NordVPN. Uh, they have been sponsoring all these big Friday banters since we started. Um, and they are the crypto VPN. And I said to you guys before, if you don't use a VPN in crypto, you're basically on a suicide mission. You saw the MetaMask news. MetaMask said they were actually basically collecting your IP address, which means they know exactly, exactly, exactly where you are when you make every single transaction. Now, if that's okay with you, that's okay with me. But if it's not, you can protect yourself for $3 uh, a month. 
and you can help the channel and you can help us bring more banters uh, to, to you guys. Uh, I also said to you guys last week that we had a, this massive target that we wanted to hit for NordVPN, just to say thank you. And thanks to you guys, we actually hit it. But let's not stop there. Let's, let, let's go and let's, let's help them and let, let's, let's help them because they helped us. Cool. Let's get into what happened today on the markets and what is happening today on the markets. Um, fairly quiet day on the markets. We had the PPI numbers. So let's put everything into perspective here, right? The numbers were worse than expected. So the actual US PPI month on month increased by 0.3% versus what people expected, 0.2%. But the reason why the markets aren't really responding badly, and I'll show you how it, what it looks like. If you look at the NASDAQ, NASDAQ is now pretty flat. If you look at the, the futures, the reason why the market's not actually responding that badly is because if you zoom out, and you kind of say, okay, let's look at PPI, which peaked in March at 11.7%. Then you had April, 11.2%. And we got all the way down. And you know, in November, we we're still 7.4%, which is quite a big drop from where we were in October. So I think this is actually good news. I know the market didn't respond very well, but I, I actually do think this is good news. I think that the PPI number is not the important number. The important number is the one that we get next week. I've said to you guys what I think is going to happen next week. Next week, I think what's going to happen is we're going to get the inflation number. We're going to get the number under 7.7%. That's going to happen Tuesday. Wednesday, FOMC meeting. I think Powell increases interest rates by 0.5 basis points and not 0.75. I think we get macro uh, exploding. And then the question is what crypto does. Are we going to have the worst year that Bitcoin's ever had? Are we going to remain at number two, which is kind of like where we are today? Or is it going to get better? That's the question. And to help us answer those questions, I've got Jose, I've got Jordi, and we've got a new guest. We've got Ishan. Welcome, guys. Good to be here. What do you think of my thesis for Cheers, next week? Seven, uh, inflation under 7.7%. And then uh, on Wednesday, Powell increases interest rates by 0.5 instead of 0.75. And then we basically go to the moon on the stock market. What do you think? Uh, I mean, the, the 0.5 is... Uh is locked in as far as I'm concerned. I don't think it matters what, what else happens, right? Um, in terms of the inflation reading, we'll have to see. It's kind of being very hard to predict. Like it's, it's, just, it's just all over the place. Inflation numbers are, are, are just so noisy. Yeah, I also think uh, there's so much noise around everything else, especially in crypto, that I, I can see equities ripping, but I, I think we're starting to see a couple days. And I, I think it might be a, kind of a trend going forward where not a full decoupling, but um, you know, crypto's just kind of kind of run on its own based on everything kind of going on big picture. Um, and then I think a lot of that is going to come out too, like what is going on with the SBF case um, and kind of whether he gets subpoenaed, whether he comes in, what he says when he gets when he testifies. And then you know, uh, like if we do get a low print and we do get uh, you know good numbers, then like yeah, equities are probably going to rip. But I, I don't see like crypto ripping as hard. Don't you think that we've seen all everyone that wanted to exit has exited? Everyone that could have been liquidated has been liquidated. Everyone that's given up has given up. And who, what's left is the bunch of retards that <laughs> are not selling at any price ever. Like that's that's kind of like how I see it. Yeah, I, I don't think there's too much down to go. Um, I just I, I don't think that uh, you know people are are, are kind of uh, throwing their money to buy at the moment. Uh, I, I think there's still a little more pain and suffering that might need to happen uh, as far as just like maybe a lot of sideways chop. Um, and, and I still think everyone's just kind of worried it, uh, you know, just kind of keeping an eye on regulation and, 
and, and kind of the, the hearing next week, um, whether he shows up or, or he gets fully subpoenaed. What do you think happens? What, what, what's your guess? Do you think he shows up? I think he shows up. I, I, I think that it, it's kind of on trend with what's been happening the past week. You, you've been kind of seeing him make the, the PR rounds. And I think that's really telling as far as what his kind of uh, goal is right now, which is to establish his narrative. And I, I think that he's doing a really great job. I think like, you know, all of us that are, are kind of in the day-to-day, um, you know, kind of see the facade. But, um, you know, if you're average TradFi Joe Blow, um, you know, you're just like, oh, okay, like, you know, he made a couple mistakes or, or it's like a run on the bank and this happens all the time. And, uh, you know, he's, 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 he's a genius, right? Like he won't, you don't get to a $32 billion valuation of a company uh, without, you know, stealing customer funds and, and knowing what you're doing. Uh, so, you know, he, he's going to keep on just kind of propelling this narrative. And as long as he reaches enough people or he just, you know, screws up enough j- potential jurors, um, you know, he's playing a, a really smart long game. Um, so I, I think he does show I up. Don't I don't I, know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I feel like the, the genius thing, I have my, my, uh, my tweet from yesterday was basically like, what is, what does smart mean? What does genius mean? Cause you have these people that, you know, they're so good at certain things like the, you know, getting a good valuation and selling and finding investors, but then they're doing like completely, you know, redacted stuff that it's just blowing up. Right. It makes no sense. Um, can you, can you really consider those people geniuses? Like, you know, it's high IQ, but I don't know. I don't know if you want to call it genius. And I actually feel like, uh, yeah, this is my, this is my like head scratching kind of like gift right here. What does it mean to be smart? What does it mean? Like, are, are these people smart? You know, like they're, they're very high performers, high IQ, but they're doing some really dumb stuff. And so, uh, here's the way I see it. And I, I said it yesterday on a spaces. Um, I think Sam Bankman Fried is not the best looking guy in the world. And I, I think that's the way that it's always been. I'm, gonna, I'm being diplomatic. Um, and um, I don't think he got better with age. You know, like I think he, like, I think it was like his chart was down, not up, as, you know. And, you know, I think then all of a sudden, so you must have got no attention and you must have really craved attention when he was younger. Um, and I think he was also quite geeky just to add like, to, you know, like you don't look good and then you're also like quite geeky. So I don't think you were the most popular, he was the most popular guy in the world. And then I think what happened was he all of a sudden got all this attention, you know, like he got this attention that he became addicted to. And the problem is that now he's addicted to the attention and he just can't stay out of the limelight. And so the how problem many spaces have you been on him? Like how many you've, you've like interrogated him a few times in the last few weeks. Like how many times you've gotten a lot of cracks at him, right? I have got a lot of cracks. I, was, I think it was the first one to, to get him to admit to actually commingling customer funds and, and fraud and stuff like that. And to be honest, I actually don't want to speak to him anymore because I think we're just giving him a microphone to, to portray the persona that he wants. And now he's addicted to the attention. I think he's going to, I think he is going to attend the, the Congress hearing because I think he has to. I think if he doesn't, he's declaring war against the U.S. government. And I don't know if that's the smartest thing to do when you're probably, you've probably committed some kind of criminal um, uh, act. But, uh, you know, I think whether or not he lands up in jail, a lot depends on the process that's followed from here. Jose, what do you think? Yeah, my, my internet is not, not, not working great, so I'm hearing you guys on and off. But, uh, yeah, I definitely... I definitely think he'll show up. He 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 loves. I think I think he loves it. He loves the attention. I don't think he can stay away from a from a camera, no matter how many. It'll be interesting to see long term whether this is a good strategy or, or not. Like I think he's really good at the PR. Clearly, he like whenever I listen to him, I like 
even though I, I lost a decent amount of money on FTX, I end up feeling bad for the guy. Uh, so he's definitely really good at what he does. But um, I don't know if this will play out well in the long term with some of the admissions that he's made for the actual legal case, right? There's a reason lawyers tell you not to talk in these situations. And uh, yeah, not sure this will play out well for him long term. Jose, I need to ask you something. I mean, we sat at dinner in Lisbon and I said to you, get your money off FTX. How did you manage to still have money or lose money on FTX? I need to understand what we were literally sitting at dinner. I sat next to you. I said, look, here's the tweet. <laughs> To be fair, I got managed to get out like probably 85%. Um, my last withdrawals just got stuck and I was like closing down positions and I was just being lazy. And I was like, there's no way this guy's going bankrupt. Like every single on-chain footprint I've seen of Alameda was them just like raping people and making a killing. Like every single interaction I've seen with them on-chain was that. FTX seemed like a money printing machine. I just don't, I still don't know how they lost $8 billion. Like I've, I've read all the threads and stuff, but it's still just, it's just so much money. It still doesn't really make sense to me, but yeah, I got most of it out. Uh, I got most okay. of it out. Um, okay. I want to, I mean, so you got most, you got most of it out. I alerted you uh, and, and 2 million people saw my tweet before FTX went, uh, stopped withdrawals. Too many people, 2 million people saw that tweet. I don't know how many of them actually acted. I saw this and this is one of the reasons I wanted to get Ishan onto the show today. So this is a tweet, a 20-part thread that Ishan did on the 20, on the October 5th, 2022. So this is not like one of these guys that said, you know, hey, I knew FTX was going to go down. Here it is. It, it was, it's all tweet stamp, timestamp. He said, I'm taking all my capital out of FTX and going short FTT. FTX has been swinging and missing all year long son, uh, on so many activations. And, so, and, and something shady is going on at FTX. He has 12 reasons why I'm coming out. He wrote a 20-part uh, tweet thread, which included things like volume uh, being down. He looked at the volume numbers. Uh, he looked at the DEX numbers, which we're going to talk about perpetual DEXs uh, like GMX and gains later on the show today. Um, he looked at the, the fact that they had splintered attention because he said instead of focusing on one goal, like making the best possible trading product, um, he said attention is getting splintered. Um, top execs leaving. Uh, we, we, we all know about that. Market manipulation allegations, which now we believe are true. Allegations of being short, naked short uh, Celsius. Um, that, that too. And he wrote a 20-page tweet thread, a 20-part tweet thread. How was that trade for you, Sean? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was the single greatest trade I've ever made. I, I, I you know, uh, one, it's funny having Jordy on here um, because, you know, as soon as I, I, I definitely, I was never involved with Luna at all. I never had a position, never took any position, but I definitely was not there on the front lines shorting. And I kind of told myself that, you know, if there was like a pretty obvious kind of debt spiral going on that I just wouldn't miss it. And, and so I was just, I was there on the minute chart, kind of watching it flow between, you know, 22.1 and 21.9 on FTT for like the three hours before it kind of broke down. Um, so, so yeah, definitely a, a you know, generational trade for me personally. What was your trade? Just short FTT? What was, what was the actual trade that you took? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was just uh, totally you know, levered up naked short FTT. Um, so I, I took everything out of FTX. I, uh, and then I, I, I not only, uh, so I mostly did it on, on, you know, a decentralized, on a, on a, on a perp trading platform, Gains Network, um, disclosure, I, I am a core contributor, um, but, you know, they have kind of all the optionality of, of so many different things. So, you know, it, once I had the conviction in it, it was just like short FTT, short soul, um, you know, even at that point, short Bitcoin. And it was just like, it, I, it was just pretty obvious at that point that there was going to be a bank run of some kind or, or a lot of people were going to go for a bunch of withdrawals. 
And then as soon as you started to see things about, hey, some bigger guys with size, um, they were getting their withdrawals paused, and then some smaller ones were still getting deposited. It was pretty obvious that there was... Wait, wait, wait. Stop, 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 stop. Just wait, stop, stop, stop. Just, stop. Just hold on a second. Walk me through exactly your trade and walk me through exactly what you were thinking when that barrier broke. Just I need to, I need to get into your head at that moment when... You know, like that—it's that one moment where the whole thing just fell apart, and you're short. I, I need to—I need to—you need—you need to take me there. Yeah. So, so I—I was—I was in a meeting with my team, and and we were just on like a long meeting because we were not really doing much, and we were kind of just watching the charts and looking at the news. And uh, you know, uh, your tweet came up where where you know you were telling a lot of people to get their money out, and and I think this was kind of early in the day, um, whatever day that was. Um, and then you just—if uh, you were to look at that minute chart—and I actually went through with a reporter. And I actually like went back through the minute by minute chart. And if you saw, there was a four hour stretch where it was like in the minute by minute, it was like, cause they, Caroline had said the 22 number, uh, we'll buy all the FTT at $22. And so she had already put the target on her back. And if you were to look at that minute by minute chart, it, it seemed pretty obvious that somebody was defending the, that as a peg or like someone. Yeah, was I was, I was trading it. minute by minute chart. I, tra I traded it live. I went long, short, long, short. Uh... <laughs> yeah. And, and so you could okay, see it was just like, 21.9, 22, 22.1, and then boom, it would start coming back down. And then it would flip okay. up for a four or five hour span. And so it was so obvious. I was just like, every time I kind of felt like, oh, it's getting a little too high, it hit like 22.2, 22.3, like, oh, let's put in another short. And, and you know, it was pretty easy because, uh, you know, gains allows for a lot of leverage. So it was like, uh, I was still pretty, uh, I was able to kind of hedge as well. Uh, but you know, for the most part, it was, it was just like a bunch of shorts every time. And I, I was just hammering it away. On what, on what so kind obvious. of leverage? Uh, on what kind of leverage? Like, like were you 10 X? Uh, were you hundred X? Yeah, no, no. So it's like between 10 and, you know, once it was like getting really ugly and once it kind of broke down a little bit, like no more than 25. Um, but that's just like completely degening out. Um, but on like FTT I, and, and Sol and Bitcoin. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was. I, that I, have, I have some like of on, uh, on my profile from that time. Um, I mean, after it, if it broke down, I remember this. Like, I remember looking at the charts because at some point there was a, a tweet that they're getting bailed out by Binance. You know, it never happened. But at that moment, there was a huge short squeeze. So right. if you were short, you you would get you know blown the f out being short because it went all the way like all the way up. But it didn't pass twenty two. Um, so it, it had went down all the way to like 13 then I, I stayed up all night trading that night. So it went all the way down to like 13. And then when the Binance LOI news came out, uh, it, w it ripped straight up to like 19. Um, and then uh, once it was, and I, I was so upset at that time because I was. Did you close at that point? Uh, no. So I had actually, I had actually went to sleep. It was like 6 a.m. And, and I, I had to be up the next morning. And, and so uh, I, I had went to sleep and I woke up in the morning and I was so upset. I was like, oh, I just left like so much money on the table because it bounced back from 13 up to like 19. And I was like, oh, let's just set it right. I, I set a couple stop losses at around like the 2021 level. And I was just like, oh, what's going to happen? And I, I was just so upset. And then boom, it just, the, the LOI came out that, you know, they were like, oh, these books are too bad. And then it tanked again. Um, and, and so that's when... Just walk me through the numbers here. Like, like how big were these trades? Like, you, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to relive the experience, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, no, no. So, so, uh, you know, it, it was, it was about a, uh, it, it was, a, I think, like a, like a five thousand dollar trade with around like ten x leverage in total. Um, and so, I had cut it around, um, I'd cut it around seven dollars. I didn't write it all the way down to two. I kind of took the seven. And I was like, okay, the the RR here is just like doesn't make sense. 
Um, so I think I came out with like, uh, like, like 10 K to like, uh, or from five K to like around, like, I think it was in total like 80. Um, okay. so. so I was thinking like, I was thinking like hundreds of millions of dollars. I don't know why, but I just thought I, I was yeah. thinking like, like uh, there's airplanes and private jets and yachts. And, and, my, uh, and <laughs> my size is not Jordy's size. Uh, Jordy has size. I, 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 like that. I, I think I think you know I'll have to say like it's for the best because and we will talk about this, but the way games works, one person's wins is like the protocol's losses. If he was actually like you know making millions, it would it might have been the end of Gaines network, you know. Yeah. He, he would have nope. shorted FTT into like the, the LTs. Which is, oh, okay, okay, we, we will go there. We will go. There. Okay, I just want to talk about one more thing around FTX before we go. Jose, you wrote a thread uh yesterday or maybe the day before around FTX's involvement in potentially de-pegging Luna. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of stuff's happened since then. He's, he's still denied it uh, since, since then. Do you think still that they were involved in this trade? I mean, it's, it's hard to say. I know that uh, him and um, Alameda executives generally were, were famously sort of bearish, bearish Luna. Um, and a lot of the events line up uh, in a way that's sort of suspicious. I mean, if, if people followed the Luna story, their $500 million sell in February 2021 kicked off uh, that DPEG event. Um, they listed perps around like a month or two before the, this, this DPEG happened. Um, and yeah, I'm, I mean, it, I, I, I would be shocked if this doesn't come out. Is it just me that I've lost, Jose? No, Jose is Jose's like skipping. Yeah, it's just trying getting back. Change literally was like the first to move um, on on chain on that on that Sunday morning, and the, the way it was timed, right? It was like um, during the night in 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 uh, it, it was during the night moved into 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 the curve pool. Like was the first to move. Uh, was just like indiscriminate selling. Um, I don't know. It, it's hard to see who else in crypto has um, like that much capital um, and where all the facts line up that way, right? Um, but it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. To, I mean, I, I hope that comes out at some point from the Genesis loan book. So, I mean, uh, there's, there's two things that I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about. The first one is, at some point, LFG bought $1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin using UST from Genesis, right? That was on the 5th of May, I think, if, if, my, dates, if my dates are correct. On the 5th of May, yeah. um, 1.5 uh, LFG bought 1.5 billion dollars worth of it, worth of um uh, bitcoin and they used ust from genesis do you think that genesis then held the ust if the, if their plan was too short kind of thing i don't think genesis would ever have like uh, genesis is a lending firm right i don't think they would ever hold like a billion dollars of like unhedged ust exposure like and that, that's kind of what I mentioned at the time. Like if they're if they're buying a billion dollars of UST, it's because someone uh, has already borrowed it, right? Like they're they're not going to buy that to to hold it. So I don't think Genesis did this either. Like obviously Genesis, I don't think takes directional bets like that. Um, I think it was just they 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 bought it to to lend to someone. Um, it's just yeah, or or multiple parties. Who knows? I mean, this is all speculation at this point, by the way. But it's just uh, and you think that, very and you think potentially hmm. you speculating that the party that they were bought whether they were raising the ust for was actually ftx or alameda or one of one of them yeah okay yeah uh, he's not here yeah, yeah. okay look I, I guess the truth is it doesn't really matter because 
if there were flaws in the Terra Luna stablecoin um, and the Terra Luna stablecoin could have been attacked, whether SPF attacked it or whether uh, James, our sound guy, attacked it, doesn't really matter. Like it just, it was fundamentally flawed and eventually someone was going to attack it. And actually it was probably better that it got attacked when it got attacked and not later because it was just growing and growing and growing, right? Yeah, I, I think it's interesting yeah. that like, you know, uh, it, it, it's interesting to think about like what kind of counterparties even like had that kind of size or, or, or were like, you know, all of the largest counterparties were kind of in on it, right? So like who else had the kind of size, um, you know, it's not like it was like Justin Sun and the QOB guys or like, you know, it's not like it was the 3AC guys. Um, so like there's not too many counterparties out there that were just like totally out um, that would that are kind of known as as big of sharks as Alameda was. So I kind of find it hard to believe it was anybody else, but yeah, to your point, at this point, it really doesn't matter. Uh, but I think it just kind of shows like the overall kind of like sentiment that they had where they were just like uh, total sharks with no regard for anybody. And like, you know, I guess maybe even taking this like effective altruism thing to like a whole other level where it was like, hey, we'll just take people's money um, in, in a PVP environment. You know, I just have a feeling that like more and more stuff is going to start coming out about them as people start rolling over. I was hearing some stuff about a year, I guess like April during the Bahamas conference when I was uh, at FTX's conference. I was hearing some crazy stuff that I put like 0% chance on being true, like 1% chance. People were saying Alameda was involved in some of the hacks, like some of the, I don't know, wormhole, like some of like the big hacks that were happening, like the hundred of million, million dollar DeFi hacks. And they were saying Alameda was behind them. Um, and I just thought like, there was no way, like they would never ruin the reputation by by doing this but everything that's coming out is starting to point to the fact that they are so desperate that they would just you know go after whatever protocols they have and they had some really technical people i mean four of their devs wrote solana right like they, they like they, they had a big piece of contributing to solana so they have a lot of smart contract knowledge a lot of knowledge of where to find the hacks so did they hack people i mean i wouldn't be surprised at this point i think we're going to hear a lot of stuff Mm. Okay, let's move on. I think forget. I I just want to bury. Can, can I just say let let's bury FTX and SPF. It's it's enough. And I, I honestly like seriously, this happened like a month ago nearly, and we're still talking about it every single day. So let's just stop talking about it and let's talk about 2023 because that's actually much more important. Um, and specifically how to position your portfolio for 2023. And in that spirit, we for the last couple of days have been revealing people's five best altcoin picks for 2023 we i think we're oh we haven't revealed geordie yet we revealed jose who said eth soul matic gmx and injective i kind of I'm, I'm i'm getting his vibe here uh injective because he wants exposure to cosmos and he doesn't know how else to get exposure to cosmos am i right yeah pretty much and Solana, because you were in Lisbon and you saw how amazing the developers are and the chain works so bloody well that you're just thinking to yourself, this thing's got to be cheap, especially when you look at a chart like that and you go, it's 19 times away from its all-time high, whereas Amatic is like 3.2 times away from its all-time high, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think uh, Solana is going anywhere. Like seeing the community and obviously I could be wrong. Um, don't get me wrong. But uh yeah, seeing the community, seeing the people in Lisbon, they have a real like def differentiated dev ecosystem. Like I think people who don't 
go to the events and stuff and we just sort of tweet about it. Uh, don't really realize, uh, I think they are the, like I've been to most of the ecosystem events of most of the L1s and including Cosmos and stuff. And I think they're, they're probably the second, uh, we is it just me or is it outside of, outside of Ethereum, I'd say. And those devs are also like me. Yeah, we can hear you. Can, you. can you guys still hear me? We can. Yeah, those devs are like differentiated and, and loyal uh, because unlike with, with a lot of like EVM devs, they can go with any EVM chain, right? Whereas a lot of the, the, the Solana devs, the Rust devs, they've learned to use the Solana libraries. They've learned how to use that. It's like, it's, it's a different kind of community. It's also different kind of vibes. Like I, I think Ethereum devs are a certain kind of person. Solana devs are generally like high frequency trading or, or, or finance or startup world. And, and Solana is actually their first like blockchain experience. So uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of talent there and it's not going away. I, okay. Go ahead, Jody. Yeah, I'm curious. Like, uh, like I, I guess, like the first question would be like, you know, I, I guess, like how, uh, I guess, predatory do you think like some of these move chains are going to be like Aptosui? Like, how much of that kind of market share, or maybe that developer talent, could they take? And I guess I, I'm curious your guys' take on just like the general alt L1 trade of like how you think it's going to play out. Um, you know, like is there still going to be a lot of developer environment? Is it all just going to be like L2s? Like that's generally my thesis right now. Um. I have, I have like talked a lot. Yeah, of the, I mean, um, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Okay. So I've gone through like a lot of the Solana founders over the last couple of weeks. I've, I've called them. I've had meetups with all of them. I am shocked that they're all, most of them are staying and they're kind of committed to Solana. They want to see it through. They want to see how it goes. I think uh, what Jose was saying is, is kind of true. Like they got used to the libraries and, um, you know, it's really hard to write on Solana. It's really hard to do DeFi on Solana. It's extremely hard. And the ones who kind of figured it out, it's just, they they have it's they don't want to have to start from the fresh when they put so much work in. Mm -hmm. um, there's an NFT community. Everybody points to that as being like one of the reasons that, you know, there's there's some retail, there's some NFT people that are, are very passionate. Um, I'm a bit surprised. I thought more people would move. I think Say will get some people because they do have a Solana VM on Say. Um, so I think there will be some movement there, but kind of surprising. And maybe there's some light at the end of the tunnel, but we'll have to see. It's speculative. And I think the Paradigm guys, they just launched a, a kind of a, a Rust, um, you know, like a, a Rust client um, for, for ETH validator. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously I'm curious your take as well. Jose, Jose how what do you think? Yeah, I think the, the way I see it is like Ethereum is the leader. It's, it's the king on like every dimension, you know, network, ecosystem, um, dev mind share. And so to come at the king, you got to be like 10x better and differentiated on, on some dimension, right? And that's why I'm kind of bullish. Like Solana, I think the the being very fast and, and like dev community is, is is are good differentiators. I am also bullish on like the, the move chains. I think um, move is a very interesting language. Like we've had some of our devs playing with it for, for, for a while and, and it, it might be a 10x improvement over over solidity, um, as in it might literally help devs write apps 10x faster and also uh, in, in, like 10x safer. So I think that's really interesting. Um, but yeah, I think Solana is one of the ones that sort of differentiate enough and has enough of a community that, it, that it's uh, not, not gonna go anywhere. And, if you and this is buy... like a test, right? Every community goes through these tests, like Ethereum had it early on. Um, yeah, and you're, you're kind of seeing Solana devs react to it, right? You've seen Serum get forked now, there's like, in order 
book. Um, and you're seeing a lot of the devs come pull through and like fill this hole that was left by uh, like not only in, in predatory token economics, um, but also just like obviously they were multi they they, they ran the solid thing with the wrapped assets. Uh, there were admin keys for a bunch of these protocols, um, and I don't think they were a good influence on, on on a lot of it. So I think it's good riddance, and it's going to be painful. But I think uh, devs will come and, and fill the holes. So I want to ask you. So in terms of the move chains, the two prominent move chains today are Aptos and Sui. You can't invest in Sui yet. You can invest in Aptos. Uh, currently, if I look at the fully diluted market cap of Aptos, I think it is about four or five billion. I haven't looked at it today, but so Solana's got a fully diluted market cap of. Hold on a second. Let me, let's just get try and get these numbers right. So seven point five billion. That is the fully diluted of Sol. And if I go to Aptos, uh, hold on a second. I think it's like five bill. I mean, can you justify investing in Aptos at five bill when Solana's at no. seven point four point eight? Like, I do want exposure to to move. I didn't get into the the round, even though it was offered to us at the time. I didn't get into the Aptos round. Um, and I'm just thinking, like, how else can I get exposure to to move? Yeah, like I, I know this is like one of these like big, um, I guess like Sybil or like, um, you know, uh, airdrop farming, like, like, you know, a lot of people are trying to get on the Sui testnet and, and, and kind of, you know, same thing with Aptos, right? If you played on Aptos and, and you, I think like minted their like generic NFT that they offered, um, then you got like a pretty sizable airdrop. I think like airdrop farming is like, I don't know, kind of like a hot topic right now, not my personal cup of tea. But I would kind of play around on Sui testnet. Um, if you want that a little bit of exposure, and you can kind of get it more or less for free. Um, but overall, I mean, like, I, I do think like object orientation, like makes it a lot easier to to kind of build a lot of these like an account based like orientation is like a lot easier to build a, a lot of these like very complex DeFi applications, right? And there's a lot less of these like general risks of entrancy and, and some of these other things. So like, I, I think the Aptos number is still crazy, like and, and, and you know, with, with like, you know, mostly just like copy pasta projects on there. Um, so like until they get like real unique developer activity and they start to kind of do interesting things that like the big guys do like Solana's, you know, Solana hacker houses are like infamous um, and kind of like the cool place at every conference. Uh, everyone wants to get into the Solana hacker house. Everyone wants the, the Solana shape. Um, if anyone at Solana is listening, I, I would love a pair. Um, but, uh, I, been making very many more since they lost 185 million on FTX. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. Uh, Jordi, um, move as a language, move as a, as a, as a, um, platform for you how, what would your entry point be would you be getting into it or are you saying stay out of it i'm talking to projects i like to go straight to the you know the builders the builders think it's it's a good language they think the sui version which is different than the aptos version they think that that's a better version of move language um so it just feels like a lot of incremental agree that we, we would agree that yeah Okay. okay. Yeah. So if that's the case, though, like, why why would you buy Aptos if if there's about to be like a new one in Q1, Q2 that's supposed to be even better than than Aptos? So you know, it's um, for me. I, I agree with Jose. Like, it has to be like 10x better, and then I get interested. I don't want to do like okay, like this one is slightly better than that version. That version. I just want like a 10x. It's clearly better. Then I'm interested. Right, I'm going to get into Jordy's uh, top five. I'm going to try and guess. I haven't seen these. Fred put these together. Uh, Matic, ETH. Hmm. 
It's got to be something really smart. So the Matic ETH, what else would Jordi put his money in? It's going to be like something, it's something like from completely left field. Um, I'll tell you what, it's, it's something to do with Cosmos chain. He's told me before he, how much he loves Cosmos, but he wouldn't buy the Atom token. So he would probably buy oh, like a, an Osmo or a Juno or something because there's no real value in the Atom token. Um, let's see what, let's have a look. Okay, so um, and I haven't seen these. Fred did this. Okay, so Bitcoin. I was, okay, ETH. You'd buy the Atom token, the actual Atom token you'd buy, like the one for the the actual Cosmos chain. And then Matic... I mean, Rand, we, we've discussed this. You, you get these like airdrops. It's it's beautiful. Yeah. There was another chain that used to give you airdrops. It was called Luna. So you'd, <laughs> take your, you'd stake your Luna, and then what happens is you get like all these, 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 uh, these, air, these airdrops. I don't know if you remember that. And then what did you say? Unlisted projects like Say and some derivative perps being built. But I thought you didn't like the derivative perps market. I love the derivative perps market. I don't like Oracle-based ones like GMX. I like order book ones because I think that's the only sustainable way. So okay, hold uh, on. I'm talking to every single project that's building order books. Okay, just for the viewers, yeah. uh, I mean, I understand I understand uh, the difference between an oracle and an order book, but maybe just explain to the audience uh, what the difference is between a, perp, a perpetual DEX exchange uh, that uses um, uh, oracles versus an order book. So the difference is like you have a real market or you have a fake market. <laughs> if you have a real market, you have like real people trading against each other. So there's somebody who who wants to buy and somebody who wants to sell and then you match them off and then you get price discovery. That's when people figure out what's the fair price. You know, where, where, where does like the real uh, price act actually happen? Things like GMX and, and like all these other ones, they basically say, uh, you know, we're using an Oracle to tell us what the price is and you just trade against us. So we're the house. So I would say it's like you go to a, like a sports book and you're betting against the house. And then they kind of give you like a shitty price because, you know, they have to make money. So they can charge you like 10 bips or 8 bips or whatever. And, and they have a last look. Last look is when they can kind of update the price before they give you the price. So you don't even know, you don't even know what price you're trading at. So for me, that, that's, not, that's not like very good execution. Uh, it's it's fine. Sometimes retail don't care about execution. They just, they just want to trade. They don't care about like getting like 2 bips, 5 bips better. But uh, institutions do. So wait, so GMX and GNS are both uh, Oracle-based platforms. Um, I can kind of see the danger in these things because if you bet against the house and your bet is too big, and I mean, you could, you could bankrupt the house at, at some point, I guess. Um, what are the top DEX perpetuals exchanges that are order book-based today? So the only one of note right now, right now is DYDX. Um, they are by far the biggest. So these guys have been building for like a long time. They're about to like launch on Atom. So they're about to go to Cosmos, sorry. They're gonna do their thing. It's it's extremely risky what they're doing. Like I'm, I'm excited, but also scared. I wouldn't, there's a one reason I didn't put DYDX on my list. Actually, there's two reasons. One is there's a huge unlock in like uh, three weeks. At the beginning of the year, you have a huge unlock. If you look at like their token supply, it just goes sure. vertical. So I will buy DYDX once everybody sells and I'll, I'll buy like in a few months. Um, right now, I'm just waiting for everybody to get their tokens and then I'll, I'll take some later. I love this show. I mean, the alpha that you get on this show, you, you can't get this alpha yeah. anywhere else. Smash that like button. I'm giving you alpha here. 
bring everybody here. You see, people aren't here because we played table tennis on one of our notifications. Bad mistake. Um, okay, so Ishan, you are a one of the contributors to GNS Network. We have to disclose that because otherwise, people say we, you know, we don't disclose it. And you know, my name is Ran, so there's no transparency without R A N. So it's T R A N transparency. So that's how that's how it works. <laughs> so in the in, in the spirit of transparency, Ishan is a contributor to GNS. When I heard what Jordi said now about GNS, I'm about to go and sell my GNS position and go and buy DYDX. That's how, that's how I'm thinking. What are you thinking? Um, so so I, I think risk parameters are really important, right? So so uh, while it may not create like the ultimate trading environment and the most like clean, pure form of like an order book and then kind of the, the best version of, uh, of kind of like market parity, uh, I, I do think there's like a really strong value prop of like, you know, being able to be the house. So like investing in the die pool. Um, while and, and, and kind of understanding that there are risk parameters in there to make sure that the that the pool is never going to be like fully bankrupt. And I mean, if you think about Vegas, right, in like the sports book kind of analogy, right, like there's a reason that Vegas is Vegas and, and that it is as large as it is. And the, there's, you know, billion dollar casinos everywhere uh, because the house doesn't lose. And uh, and, and so uh, as long as you understand kind of the uh, like the, the, the risk parameters, like, you know, you can't have too large of a position size, uh, you know, you can't really go beyond like a 900 percent take profit. Um, and so there are kind of things in place to protect the die holders. And so as long as you understand that in reality, uh, you know, th they still usually do match up longs and shorts. Right. In, in these systems, it's usually longs pay shorts. And then there's a funding rate. Right. To, to kind of help balance that. And so when you combine those factors, you really don't get off. Uh, you know, like a, like a huge layer on a different position. And so if there is a situation like FTT, where it's like everybody's just piling on shorts, then then what the smart thing is, and, and everybody does this, right? Sports books do this, uh, you know, uh, centralized exchanges do this, where, where they cut the market, right? And they, they kind of shorten the market. Um, and, and, and like there's, you know, you know, kind of permissionless parameters in there to say, hey, if there's this much of volume on one side of a trade, then we're going to reduce the max position size of a trade. So uh, while I do so, think that there are kind of reasons, I, I, I think it's still fairly. Um, what, yeah. What, what I would say, yeah, I'd say like uh, the main thing to remember for the viewers is like this space is going to be massive. Like in, in my mind, it's one of the biggest opportunities in crypto, right? And you'll hear smart people disagree about the value of the different designs. And the reality is it's all trade-offs, right? And it's, and it's probabilistic. Like I'm sure Jordi doesn't believe in the or, or doesn't like the Oracle model, but but you know it's probabilistic, right? We we don't know for sure what's going to work and what isn't. For me, I, I kind of um, I, I hold all these things. So uh, we invested in DYDX and say I hold GNS and, and some GMX personally. I'm most bullish probably on the on the order book design just because I think Oracle will always going to be little brother, right? You need a centralized exchange where price discovery happens, and then you basically copy that price and like import it into your system. So you're never going to be like the primary price discovery venue if you're using an Oracle model because you're almost dependent on someone else. So mm -hmm. order books and AMMs, in my mind, have more of a chance of being the primary price discovery model, which is why I put in. Every time we say something smart, it cuts, which is a problem because <laughs> yeah, every, every time it brings the alpha, it cuts. I can't hear him. I wonder if we can hold on a second. I'm try if you can try and just ask him to reconnect because I can see that I can see that he can't reconnect. Okay, so Jordi, so, right? Just to, just to, yeah, I'm mean, just to wrap up on the Oracle thing. I think there are markets that are so huge, so big that you don't need price discovery. They're not in crypto. Crypto markets are, are not big enough. 
if you want to do like SMP and you want to give people uh, around the world the chance to go long and short the SMP or the NASDAQ, go for it. Like an Oracle, use an Oracle. There's no, no one's going to manipulate the SMP. It's, it's, you know, it's trillions of dollars. Mm. No, no one's going to do it. So, you know, for those markets, I don't know, like regulatorily how it plays out. If you want to offer equity indices online, if SEC is mm. going to come after you or, or what it is. But, uh, you know, if there's a way to do that, that's different. That's fine. Because those, those markets are way too big. We are so, like, uh, just just like, if you could just you give your guys offer, if that's okay with you. <laughs> all right. Um, I'm gonna go to because I want to get through all these picks. Let's quickly go through Arthur, Arthur Hayes' picks. Uh, again, I haven't seen Arthur Hayes' picks. Fred did this. Um, I know Arthur's a massive ETH bull, I think he's a massive Matic bull, GMX. He's a huge GMX bull, so I'd say Bitcoin, ETH, Matic, GMX. Something else on Ethereum. Arthur's Ethereum. He's he's all in on Ethereum, so it, it will be something else on Ethereum. Uh, I can't even. I don't know what. Maybe Uniswap, or maybe something like that. Let's 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 have a look at that. Let's see what he's got. Uh, Arthur has got. Oh, okay. Hold on. I completely forgot about Lido. Okay, here it is. Uh, that's Arthur. So he's got uh, GMX, Looks, Lido, um, X2, Y2, and ENS. Sorry, forgive, e? my, forgive my ignorance, but what is X2, Y2? Uh, it's just like Looks. It's a it's an exchange. It's an NFT exchange. Okay, interesting that he hasn't written. I mean, I, I'm also holding Looks. Full disclosure. Interesting that he hasn't written looks off yet. Like a lot of people have written looks off. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think it's a play on like just the total demand of the NFT market, and that you know you kind of have these, uh, I guess, like decentralized alternatives where you know people can list. It's I think lower zero listing fee, um, and 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 it's one of those where you kind of get paid to list and looks tokens. Um, I, I mean, I'm not 100% sure on like the token design, but it seems like you know it's one of those where th there's just a lot of emissions. Um, where you get emissions for listing uh, NFTs uh, in certain categories or in certain, um, I guess, like, uh, you know, certain projects. And then you also, when you stake your looks, you get paid some of the, uh, I guess it's a lot like the GMX model where like, you know, OpenSea charges a fee, looks charges a fee, but they give that to looks holders, or looks stakers. Um, so I, I think it kind of falls in line with kind of that GMX, GLP style um, tokenomics model. Okay. I, I think that's probably why. So um, I'm going to, Ishan, we haven't known each other for very long. I, this is the first time I've really heard you speak. Uh, I haven't seen your picks. I am going to take a guess and say that GNS must be on it. Because <laughs> you're a contributor. I, I would say your number two is probably GMX. So GNS, GMX, I would say ETH, I would say Matic. And I don't know the rest. So let's see. Let's see what you've chosen as your top five picks for 2023. Uh, GNS. No, no surprise. He, again, full disclosure, transparency. Uh, he, he is a, co a contributor. Lido, tell me why you chose Lido, you and Arthur. Yeah, yeah. So I, I have a really strong proof of stake thesis. I, I think like, you know, if you believe that proof of stake is kind of here to stay and, and you believe in ETH mainnet, and even not just ETH mainnet, right? Because Lido is 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 on Solana, is on Matt, is doing magic staking, is doing atom staking, right? And so if you just have a general uh, proof of stake thesis, then like the leader in the clubhouse, I mean, like think about what, you know, how large of a company you must be in order to kind of give away market share and like admit that like 
having too much market share is kind of like bad for the overall industry. Um, so they're like kind of happily giving away market share to like, you know, our ETH, like Rocket Pool and, 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 and Frax ETH. Um, and so, so and, and on top of that, it's like you know, what protocol has more just like pure cash flow than Lido. I mean, I've worked with the Lido guys. I, I've worked in the Lido team. I've written for Lido, um, full disclosure. Um, and, and, and so, you know, you, you, you kind of see the insides of the team and you realize like, oh, this is a lean team with a shit ton of cash flow. Um, and there's not many other projects out there that have that level of cash flow. And, you know, some mm -hmm. of the guys there, like Vasily are, are some of the smartest guys in the space. They're some of the most advanced guys in the space that have been doing this for so long um, that if you believe that proof of stake is here to stay and that, you know, liquid staking derivatives are, are going to be more common and, and people aren't just going to go run their own nodes, which I kind of don't see happening anytime soon, um, then, you know, Lido is probably a, a good bet. What about Lido versus Rocketpool? So I know Rocketpool is the other big proof of stake staking uh, service. What do you think about Lido versus Rocketpool? Yeah, um, Rocketpool is awesome. Um, it, it, it's, 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 very, it's two very different ways to look at the problem, right? Where Lido is like, hey, let's gain market share and then decentralize over time. So let's kind of start here and move over as we kind of grow. And then Rocketpool is the opposite where they're just very like we have to be as decentralized as possible from the start. Our validator selection has to be like very, very... Uh, I, I guess like like decentralized at its core, and then we'll kind of like slowly gain market share and get bigger. Um, so it's kind of like you know what your preferred taste is. Um, mm -hmm. I think like as an investment, uh, I think Lido is is already so integrated into DeFi, like with you know Steeth, Rapsteeth, that it, it's going to be hard to kind of take away some of that share. But I guess that kind of goes over to the next point, which is like Frax, and I, I think Frax has kind of an interesting way to look at the staking model. Um, so yeah, also um, so Frax. So Frax, what's Canto? Sorry, I feel today. Yeah, I feel yeah. <laughs> uh, so Canto is a, a new L one on on Cosmos. Um, it's uh, you know all of my like super big Debbie friends are are just like really into Canto, and and essentially they use like a different liquidity mining model where instead of you know projects kind of throwing out a shit ton of tokens in order to do their liquidity mining and bring users in. Uh, the L1 itself is kind of the liquidity mining campaign, and they give out tokens to devs, they give out tokens to users in order to incentivize the use of the applications on Kanto. So the thesis behind Kanto is like a DeFi native L1 without the need for projects to put out shitty tokens and shitty tokenomics. They can use great tokenomics on Kanto and then let the Kanto kind of platform or protocol itself kind of uh, do the liquidity mining and kind of get all the kind of, I guess, shitty tokenomics out of the way there bring the users in, bring the devs in with that Kanto, and then, uh, you know, have cool applications on, on the L1. Jose, what do you think of his selections? GNS, Lido, Frax, Matic, and Kanto? Yeah, I like it. Uh, uh, original. Yeah, I like, I like Kanto's Scott Lewis's uh, project, right? He's, yeah. There's some super smart people building there for sure. Um, I don't is know it where it you lost me before, and sorry about that. Is it, is it a listed token, Kanto? Yeah. Okay. And what's the market cap? Sorry, this is one of the times where I don't know what's going on. So uh, let's quickly look at what the market cap is. Yeah, it's, it's not too large. It's uh, number 358. Market cap is 150 million fully diluted, uh, 54 right now. Okay, sounds reasonably good. I mean, from for what you're saying, you have to do obviously a lot more a lot more research. Let's go into, let's go back to the sheet here. There are a couple of others that I want to look at. Uh, Avishal from uh, Electric Capital sent me his. I mean, I can't imagine that Near Protocol would be on there because he loves Near Protocol. I think GMX would be on there. I think Aptos would would be on there. Uh, let's see if I'm right. This is. Let's see if I'm right. 
Okay. So near protocols on there, osmosis. Interesting. I, I thought osmosis was pretty overvalued at these numbers. Um, uh, Magic Eden. Yeah, Magic Eden token. No. Okay. Is there a Magic Eden token, Ishan? Yeah, there's an Eden token. Is it is it Magic or Eden? It's just Eden. I think this is theirs. Oh, I, I don't think it's theirs. No, Eden. Eden is a is a is a. Uh, MEV token, uh, an, an MEV play. I don't think it's. I don't think it's Magic Eden. Uh, Jordy, do you know of a Magic Eden token? I'm not sure. I, I, I would imagine there is one. Okay. Um, cool. Let's look at another one here. I've got another one here. I've got uh, Shachaf Bargefin, who's the founder of Koti. They built the Jed stablecoin. He he sent us this portfolio. Let's look at the portfolio. Um, Sol. Ada, Koti, of course, Matic, and obviously his own project, Monkey Ball. Okay, no surprises there. Let's see what Miles Deutscher uh, chose as his five. So, Miles is five. ETH, Matic, Bluebird Index. Oh, the Twitter index, that, the Doge, that, the Bluebird Index, and the Arweave and Dopex. Do Jordi, I know you like Dopex, right? No. Was it you? No. I don't like Dopex. I'm interested in what Avo is going to do. Like the ribbon guys, you know, they're really the ones who kind of brought options first into DeFi and they're the ones going to do this proper order book uh, model, which I, I support. And they're going after Deribit's uh, volume. So if anyone's going to do it and do options properly, I'm, I'm having an eye on them to see how that does. I guess it's part of the ribbon ecosystem. So we'll see. Um, but that's the only options play that I'm kind of interested in looking at. Okay. So look, we're going to keep this, uh, we're going to keep this uh, spreadsheet going. And then, as I said, at the last, what I'm going to do, I think the last show we have is next Friday. Then I'm going to reveal my, my five picks. Truth is I haven't really got my five picks that I've pictured. I've like, I'm, I'm still listening to everybody else. Um, every time I do listen to everybody else, I start questioning my soul position. Should I put some into, into Sui? Um, now, now I'm going to look at now my whole weekend's gone because I've got to look at Canto the whole weekend because because now I know about Canto. Um, so uh, I mean, super super interesting. Um, while I've got you guys here, uh, maybe you can help me with another another uh, bet that I'm taking. Um, let's quickly do this. Hold on a second. Uh, help me with the soccer. So. Yeah, let's look at, uh, this is one of our sponsors, sportsbet.io. Um, Croatia, Brazil, I went Brazil. Netherlands, Argentina, I went Netherlands. I went for the upset. Oof. Oof. Jose, what do you think? Am I mad? I think it's possible. What about Morocco, Portugal? That's the big one. <laughs> what do you think? What do you, th what do you think happens in Morocco, Portugal? I mean, come on. It's got to be Portugal. <laughs> Yeah, Jordi, I think, what do you yeah, I mean, I don't know. Can lightning strike twice? I mean, uh, you got five points. Your odds are 5.75 to one. That's uh, steep. Uh, I like uh, I like the over uh, over two, two and a half goals in that game. Um, okay. I, I, if Morocco wants to win, they're, they're going to have to come out and, sh you know, fire. Um, and, and, you know, obviously Portugal can score a little bit. Um, so I, I kind of like the over two, two and a half there. 
Okay. Uh, which is okay. So is that this bit over here? Yeah. That this one. Oh, that, that one. Okay. What about Mar what about England and France? That's the that's the big one. Uh, that's the one that I'm making a really close eye on. Um, France has, is kind has of to be, has to be a draw, right? Like it just it just feels like it's gonna be a draw. It just like it's gonna go to penalties. It's it just feels like full time is a draw. I don't know. Is this a crypto betting site, by the way? What's this? Uh, yeah. What's this built on? <laughs> I just say you're such a degen, bro. Sports bet. <laughs> You can it's a, a sportsbet.io. They're one of our sponsors. Uh, you can plug in with your MetaMask, which is why I use them because I don't actually want to do transactions on my credit card. Here. So you just deposit your USD, your your using your MetaMask, and then you can take bets. Um, I want to put. So I've got these are my bets currently. I've got very very vanilla bets, which is I've got uh, I've got Netherlands for the win and Brazil for the win. Um, now I need to know what I'm going to do with England France. Help me. Yeah, I, I think draw is an interesting play. I, I think like I usually shy away from like the uh, kind of public sucker bets, and I think France is kind of that. I, I thought Spain was was kind of that. Like you know, in, in that entire quarterfinal round, like uh, somebody was going to lose, right? There has to be some upset, and and everybody was just kind of like banking on every all the big names winning, um, but that like rarely ever happens statistically. So you know, you're going to get a lot of plus EV on on kind of taking like a big dog in that situation. Um, one of them dogs are going to hit. Uh, so I I, I kind of like the idea of uh, of Jordy's draw. Um, I, I think okay. that's a, you know, you'll get good odds on that. I've put fifty bucks on I've, I've put fifty bucks on the draw. Morocco Portugal. I still need to put a bet on Morocco Portugal. What do you think? Over uh, over two two and a half. Over two. No, you know what I'm going to do. You know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go for the. I'm going to go for the for the world. You know, every World Cup has an upset. Every World Cup has that like that that one moment. I don't think Lightning can strike twice, but with at fifty bucks uh, on a five point seven five, I think it's worth it's worth uh, putting the bet. So, uh, what do you think? You're betting you're betting against Portugal here. You have you have a know. Portuguese here with you, Ram. Like he, he's here as a guest. <laughs> you know, you don't you don't do that to guests. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay, but okay. Look, look, okay. So you see, this is this is one of the other features of the platform. So if you make a mistake. I learned this because I made a mistake the other day. Um, you can actually cash out. So where was, here we go. So now if I want to cash out, I can just cancel my bet. So there we go. I cashed out. I reversed my bet. It cost me 25 cents. <laughs> oh, it's doing it now. All right, listen, guys. It's uh, been a great show. Uh, nice to see you all. Thank you so much for being part of the fam. We'll see you all again soon. Um, thank you. Thanks, guys. Uh, Jordy. Jose, Ishan, welcome. Ishan, welcome to the Banter Fan, but I think we're going to have you here much more often. Um, yeah. Listen, Ishan, do me a favor. Next time that you see a obvious short like FTX and stuff like that, phone me, bro. <laughs> uh, I, don't phone me. I, I, I think Jordy might be, uh, might be a little bit better at this than me, but um, yeah, yeah, happy to. But Jordy didn't, Jordy didn't take, tweet it one week before it happened or one month before it happened. Yeah, I missed this, next time, I missed this next one. Time, next time, phone me. We'll phone Jordy. We'll get onto it. All four of us will get onto a call. We'll discuss it and uh, we'll do it. Listen, much love, guys. And to the banter fam, you guys hold on for one second. Let's do our giveaways because it, you know, it is, it is what it is. Um, you know what I'm going to do? Uh, I'm going to take a, this time, I'm going to say anybody that, because it's a Friday, anyone that has a NordVPN and a Bybit account, if when I draw the money, 
and you have a, a Bybit account and a NordVPN account, I double your winnings. Okay? Okay, that's fair. If you have a, a, a VPN account, a NordVPN account, and a Bybit account, I double your winnings. Let's choose our Bybit winner. I have a new hat. The hat has a pom-pom. It's all good. Uh, Kyle, hit the random gen number generator. Tell me which box I'm hitting. Okay, um, okay, let me get a random number generator for you. No, you won't. Yeah, okay, 5,400 people. Okay, 5,400 people. Let's pick a winner, generate a number, and the number is 1,978, and the box is, of course, box number two, right? Because box number two's always got the... Have they all selected box number two? Tell me they've all selected box number two. Come on. Have they selected box number two? In the meantime, box number one has... Wait, which box did they select? I'm almost there. That seems like the internet is going uh, slow. Okay. okay. Box number one has $1,250. You know, I have to always pick that up on Monday. Box number three has. Whoa. How much? I'm going to leave this one here. And we'll do box number three last. Box, box number two. It's quite heavy. Box number that's, two. That's the winning box, by the way. Which one? Three. Two. Two 30, is the winning box. Okay. So the winning box, box number two, gets. What do you think? Five hundred. Five hundred bucks, but hold on. If you do have, if you are line number one nine seven eight, and you do have a NordVPN, it gets doubled to a thousand. So, uh, you, but you got to prove that you had your NordVPN before I chose you. Uh, if not, go and support NordVPN. What was that? One one nine seven. One nine. I think it was one. One nine seven eight. Carl, you can't make mistakes like that. It's someone. That's someone's money you're dealing with, bro. Okay. So here we go. Here we go. That's the winner. They win 500 bucks. You remember giveaways at cryptobanter.com if you want it. What was in box number three? What was in box number three? What was in box number three? Oh, you see, lucky. $69. Well, I will see you guys again on Monday. Until then. Trade well, my friends. I feel like like it's so Christmassy. Yeah, it I feel like, like I, I feel like it's part of the. I feel like I'm part of the cartoon channel when that plays. It's like a family. Well, hold on, play it again. Play it again. Play it again. Oh, someone says, what was their account number? Stop, stop. Hold the phone. Get the, the sheet down, sheet down. Okay. Their account number was 267-000094. Account number. The account number was 267-000094. See you guys again on Monday. Until then, trade well, my friends. <laughs>